Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for the latest buzz on pets from around the corner, down the block, and across the world with award-winning journalist, author, speaker, educator, and host, Arden Moore. Arden has twice been named by Oprah Winfrey as one of her top three pet hosts. The New York Times has named Arden one of their top ten hosts. And just this year, the Dog Writers Association of America has given this show, Four-Legged Life, its top radio award. Arden is driven to live her motto, Bringing out the best in pets and their people. So snuggle up with your favorite fur baby, because it's time for another episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Tevra Pet, for a happier and healthier pet. Online at tevrapet.com. And also our good friend Janice at Save My Pet ID Tag. Your pets are never alone when you own Save My Pet ID Tag. Online at savemypetidtag.com. What's up, pet pals? Welcome to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. Every one of us tuning in right now have had what we call that heart dog. You know, the dog who inspires, it motivates us to be better humans. For our special guest today, the heart dog was named Moose. Although his life was cut short by cancer, his legacy and purpose lives on. Please welcome to our show the founder of a nonprofit group. It's called Moose's March, the incredible Trisha. Montgomery. Welcome to our show, Tricia. Oh, Arden, thank you for having me. And yes, Moose was my heart dog. She's on a mission to help us do things to maybe prevent, maybe detect early the big C, cancer. So tell us a little bit about Moose's March, Tricia. Sure. First of all, Arden, an honor and a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you so much. (laughs) Moose's March is named after my dog, Moose, who passed away of stage four lymphoma. Moose was my heart dog. And he really, he was beside me. He was my glue. He was, he was that dog. And I had come home from an event in Talladega, gone about three days, came home and wrapped my arms around him and was snuggling him. And I thought, oh my goodness, he had four nodes underneath his neck. And as I began to pat him down, like we as humans do, and we do with our own dogs too, he had three more nodes and they were large. I knew what they were. And he was gone within like two and a half, three weeks, he was gone. And I, I will tell you from my grief, I've never had a grief like that before in my life, ever. I think everything that had happened recently, whether it was my father had passed away, my mom had passed away the year before, and then Moose passed away, and just loss. And I have never experienced a grief like that before in my life. And luckily, I was able to talk to people and 
really picked myself up off the floor. And when I say off the floor, I mean oh, yeah. literally off Absolutely. the floor. And I'm going to give a shout out to my beautiful sister, Cheryl, for <laughs> helping come up with Moose's March. But we came up with Moose's March versus a program last year. And this year it is, we are our own 501c3 organization. This is my passion. This is my project. And this is all about a legacy for Moose. We focus Arden on the early detection of pet cancer. You could have just crawled under a rock. You know, this, I know I can sense that this is extremely hard, but you're putting forefront, what can I do with the legacy of Moose, maybe to help somebody else, right? And that's kind of the best way to be a human. It was, and it was hard. It was really hard. There were I, I, I will go back to this because I think for your audience, we don't talk about cancer enough. Maybe we don't know talk about grief enough, but I was on the floor and I did not, I didn't want to go on. I mean, I, I've never, and I've had a lot, you know me, I've had lots of dogs before yep. and I've never had a pain like that before. And that just was so deep inside me. And out of that came, you know, out of the grief has come this beautiful legacy to him and for hope and for quality of life and for touching other people and letting them know it's okay to talk about cancer, that there is yeah. hope, that there is quality. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about how do you talk to, you know, how do you understand a veterinarian? How do you, how, what, what is there an early detection? Is there a test? Is there something that we can do? And knowledge is key and, yeah. and, and education. Well, before we step into that part, I do want people to get a little sense of Moose. He was a pity, right? And he was not a giant pity. And I call pit bulls meaty. They have meaty cheeks because when they smile, they've got their mayday cheeks. And, you know, they're nanny dogs. So you're at an event, aren't you, back then, right before COVID? Or, and, and you met this dog. And tell us. Yeah. His- so I had lost my dog, Zeus, to Cushing's disease. The year before, and I had become CEO for Paws Humane Society, gone to Columbus, Georgia, didn't know a soul, didn't know anyone. And everyone's like, oh, you should adopt. You know, and I'm like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. My birthday weekend, March 29th, like right as the pandemic was happening, a dog came in from Columbus Animal Care and Control. And uh, he had come in with his brothers. He had been chained outside. He was skinny as a rail. His ribs were protruding. His legs were like all over the <laughs> back, like having wampus and like, you know, and he was like this hot mess dog. I, I, it was a Saturday morning and I'm like, this is the worst birthday ever. The worst birthday ever. <laughs> Happy birthday to me. And I'm like, I'm going to foster. And then I had to get approved through our foster coordinator. And so luckily they pulled some strings and I got to take Moose home with me and brought him home with me. And I was kind of in an empty apartment because my furniture was still in Chicago. Oh, no. It's a scenario that I can't make it up. And I think I bought, I think I went to the store and I bought a steak and I brought us some food and I'm like, we're just going to have some wine. You know, this dog and I, although the moose didn't drink anything, uh, but I did. And he spent the weekend with me and we just had a beautiful time. He was heartworm positive. And so we couldn't really walk as much, but we hung out and then we snuggled. We watched television and there was just this love. And I'm like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to adopt yet. And I brought him back. 
Of course. (laughs) We placed him back into the runs. And then, of course, throughout the day, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go back. You know, I'm just going (laughs) to go back. And then I'm like, I like sand. And then they found me in the corner with him. They're like, why don't you just adopt him? And so I adopted him. It was in during the Abyssal Clear the Shelters event. And shout out, thanks, Kathy Bissell, for all you do for animal welfare organizations. But I I adopted him, and he was my glue, Arden. He had a lot of health issues. Again, going back to that heartworm positive diagnosis, he had other, he had a heart, kind of a little heart murmur and some different things like that, a lot of skin issues. But he was this dog that just endeared himself to everyone. He went to work with me every day. And as an animal welfare organization during that time, you were an essential worker. I was an essential worker. I worked seven days a week, probably 10, 12 hours, 14 hours a day. And he was with me. He was in the office you know, and he and he would like jump on me at like seven o'clock, six thirty, like, hey, it's time to go. <laughs> you know, walked him, you know, and he was just part of my life. And he when I say he never left my side, he never left my side. And he just everything. He loved the bachelor. He had his favorites. <laughs> we would talk about those. You know, I've never yeah. had a dog like that in all my life. I don't think I've ever had a dog like that and slept with me. I mean, everything I ate, he ate salmon, you know, Brussels sprouts, <laughs> broccoli. He ate like a king. I home cooked for him, you know, and he, he was it. He, and just the snuggles and the love. And well, it, you know, that is a heart dog and people tuning in know what we're talking about. And yeah. I'm glad that you're doing something in his legacy. And we're going to talk about some ways that just the impact of cancer and dogs may surprise you folks, as well as some ways we can do with early detection. There is an organization, Volition Veterinary, we're going to get into, but we're going to take a quick break. So you all know the drill. We got to sit, stay. We'll be right back. This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life, and because you wanted it, we've created a new Four-Legged Life monthly digital newsletter. And in addition to fun stories, health and safety tips, and of course, lots of cute pet pics, we'll be having monthly contests and possum prizes exclusive to newsletter subscribers. So grab your fur baby and get over to fourleggedlife.com and get yourself subscribed today for the new Four-Legged Life monthly digital newsletter. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. We're talking with Trisha Montgomery. She is the founder of Moose's March. Now, after the show, please go to Moose's, let's say this, M-O-O-S-E-S, March.com. 
And uh, there's a lot of great things on that site and ways that you can help. But uh, Trisha, um, we never know when we're given an angel and you were given a four-legged angel. And uh, he's up in heaven saying, you go, you go. Now, he's probably channeling his personal picks for The Bachelor. I don't know. We don't want to get into any of that. But I hate cancer. We hate cancer if it affects any two-leggers, three-leggers, or four-leggers. So what would surprise people in doing your learning about cancer and trying to create this nonprofit? Cancer in pets. Tell us about how surprisingly prevalent it is. What was surprising to me, Arden, was I didn't know how many animals were impacted by cancer. You know, 6 million, I think, and if you look at the numbers, 54% of, of senior dogs, eight plus, have a, you know, that, that chances increase up to 54% more. Wow. The, the breeds that, that get cancer as well, more prevalent breeds, you know, of, of German shepherds, of golden retrievers, you know, uh, it just, it's amazing to me. But the thing that I also found amazing is cancer is not exclusive. It's very inclusive, whether it's hemangioceracoma or if it's moose pastoea stage four lymphoma, all these different things and the different cancers, I had no idea. And then I think as I got more into my knowledge and understanding more about cancer, how important early detection is. Because if you yeah. catch it soon enough, you there the, the two words we all that we talk about are hope and quality of life. Right. Now, it's my understanding in dogs that there are three most common types of cancer. It's uh, skin cancer. Skin cancer, correct. Lymphoma. And and breast cancer. So I guess I was surprised in research that skin cancer is the most common found in dogs. Were you surprised by that? I was very surprised by that. I certainly was, because when you think about skin cancer, you don't think about its prevalence within an animal. You think about it more a human as opposed to an animal, because how can an animal, you know, he's got covered in fur. Yeah. um, Happen. So, yes, absolutely. I think we also need to think about, are we just learning and finding out more about cancer? Or is there something that's within the environment, perhaps. Is there a toxicity? Is it within our food? Is it within the toys? Right. What is causing this cancer? And 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 how do we deflect that? What do we do about that? One thing that I'm finding out more about, and I and I don't know if it's the timing, but I'm finding out more about hemangioceracoma that I had no idea about. And I just had a friend, Rhonda Siegel, her, her dog Riken just passed away, hemangioceracoma. You know, Steve Dale, his dog Ethel passed away. And there's so many, and that's a sudden cancer as well that one day they're fine. And then it's really just a tumor, a bleed out that's just devastating. Your organization is all about trying to educate us about early detection and prevention. So how does uh, volition veterinary play a role in all this? And can you give us some tips on what we can do? I teach pet first aid. I teach everybody in my classes, Zoom and in person, how to do a head to tail assessment. And I do it on my dog, Kona. And we're doing this once a week because we're trying to see, catch anything, any changes early and report it to our vet. So Volition Veterinary, how are they working with Moose's March? So Volition Veterinary is one of our amazing partners and sponsors. They they are all about 
early detection of pet cancer and what that means. It's, it's right now, it is for canines only. They are introducing a white paper that's coming out next year on felines. But oh, it, cool. is a, it is a new Q in you Q testing and people can go to volitionveterinary.com and find out more information. But it is an actual blood test that you can include within your pet's regular checkup. And it does the markers for pet cancer. I'm not a veterinarian, so I do not want to go into the specifics of that, but they, there are specific markets that can detect cancer. And so you're saying like, we recommend everyone to get an annual exam with our dogs and ideally twice a year if they're seniors. Little right. Emma, my dog, she's four. She goes in Thursday for her annual exam. So when there is a blood test, what can we do to educate our veterinarians about maybe doing some more parts of it to get those maybe markers that could indicate cancer? Sure. I, I think that as... the they right now that I know they're working with with IDEX and, and other manufacturers as well, but it is available through your veterinary office. You would need to ask for it and say that you do want an early detection test of the new Q test from Volition Veterinary. How we are working at Moose's March, we are working with shelters across the country, providing tests specifically for shelters to provide for people that do not maybe had the resources. Okay. What is so important to me that I that I think that Moose gave to me as well as working at Paul's Humane Society, it was in an underserved area. It was not in a, you know, it, northern shelters, obviously, you know, those kind of, we had pit bulls and it wasn't uh, the most highest level of income areas. What I believe Moose really taught me is that everyone is deserving of an animal, no matter what you look like, no mm -hmm. matter your race, no matter your income level, because our pets give so much to us. What we want to do at Moose's March is to make sure that this test is available and accessible for everyone, no matter what your income level is. We want to make sure that we're able to provide that to them. So again, we're working with shelters across the country. In 2024, we will be uh, having a grant that goes out to help out with, with testing and also with specific cases of people who may not be able to afford care for their pets for cancer. The board that we have right now, I'm just going to just yeah. Dr. Thomas, Dr. Thomas Butera, CEO of Volition Veterinary, Kristen Worman of Zoetis Baseballs, Becky Mosser, Appalachian State College. She's the coordinator of NAVTA, RVT. She is MPA. She's just my heart. Dr. Rayanne Van Pelt. She was one of my veterinarians from Chicago Veterinary Medical Association. She was with Family Pet Animal Hospital. Now she works with an organization called Cooperative Care Coalition. And then David Levy, who's with Pet Product Innovations and just an icon within the pet industry and more and just work. You, you have assembled a pet posse to I take have, on cancer. That's pretty I amazing. I, you and know, I know and earlier in uh, November, because this show was airing in December, you actually did a webinar. Let's talk about pet cancer. And I have a feeling that's the, not the last. 
<laughs> I, I think you're right about that. We we had we we had an overwhelming response to it, Arden. And people want to know more. The questions that we've gotten, the people that want to know more in specifics about early detection. Excellent. Hey, we're speaking with Trisha Montgomery. She is the founder of Moose's March. Trisha, I really appreciate you being on the show today and sharing your message because together we can help our dogs and soon our cats. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, pet pals. Well, we got to take a break. So you all know the drill. Sit, stay. We'll be right back. Got dog? Got cat? One of the best ways to show your pet how much you love them is to take a pet first aid class. Arden Moore is a master certified pet first aid CPR instructor and founder of Pet First Aid for You. Very cool! These classes are fun and practical and feature pet safety dog Kona and cat Casey. No way! Yes, a real dog and cat teaching duo. Wait, Wait, what? All classes are veterinary approved and are available in person or via Zoom. Ready to sign up for a class? Sorry, it's it's just for people. Arden Moore's Pet First Aid for You classes are proudly supported by Zinzi Pies Save My Pet ID Tags. Pet parents who wear Zinzi Pies Save My Pet ID Tags in bracelet, keychain, and pendant versions are assured that their beloved fur babies will continue to receive the loving care that they deserve, even if the pet parents are not able to provide it. Online at SaveMyPetIDTag.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Are you ready to get your purr on? That's because our special guests today are about to share some fascinating findings from a new cat-human bond study. Please welcome to our show, Dr. Taylor Jastain Griffin of Pet Partners and Megan Knoll of Cat Person. Welcome, welcome, ladies. Wow. Oh. First up, let's let's do a proper introduction. Dr. Taylor Chastain Griffin is a national director of the AA, is it I? AAI Advancement at Pet Partners. That is a mouthful. Can you break it down, Dr. Taylor? <laughs> I sure can. Yes. Yeah, so it just means animal assisted intervention. So all that I do is to support the work of therapy animals and to get the work taken more seriously as the impactful intervention that it is. And a little bit about pet partners, because I'm a big fan of them. We've had some of your other folks on our show with pet partners. You know, I'm a big supporter of therapy pets. Absolutely. So pet partners is one of the largest therapy animal organizations. We're actually international. And so we teach pet owners who have pets who are a good candidate for therapy animal work. We have education available, a registration, and then insurance so that they are empowered to share the lot of their pets with their communities. And they need to go where after the show? Petpartners.org. We will walk you through the whole process <laughs> and we need more, more therapy animal teams. All right. 
Also on our show today is Megan Knoll. She's the CEO. I wonder if that means cat extraordinaire. I don't think so. Megan, <laughs> of, of cat person. What the heck is cat person, Megan? Yeah, thanks for asking. Cat Person is a cat food company. We were founded in 2020. Our founder was just beginning his cat foster journey. He's a really dedicated cat foster and just found himself super overwhelmed by the cat aisle. Like it seemed like all the cat stuff was in the back of the store. There were weird names like chicken catchatory. Like it was really <laughs> hard for him to figure out what he was feeding his cats. And that is why Cat Person exists. We're trying to bring transparency, simple, high quality recipes to the cat aisle so you can feel really confident that you're making a good decision for your when you purchase. Yeah, sometimes too many choices can make you yell. I mean, not really. And how do people find out about your group? So right now, and you can find all of our products on catperson.com. Thank you for making it easy. So one thing I know, I've been in, in the pet world for over 20 years is sometimes cats are treated like second-class citizens. And I have a household of four cats and two dogs. I do have a therapy cat, Casey. Casey, Casey, Casey. That's how we say it. And a certified therapy dog, Kona. So I love when they can bring... They're like goodwill ambassadors. Wouldn't you describe that, Dr. Taylor? That's what therapy pets are, aren't they? They are. I call mine the kings and queens of unconditional positive regard. If only we could all have so much grace in interacting with one another. So what's going on in the cat world? I think I'm an optimist. Even though I was an investigative re newspaper reporter for 20 years, I don't know why I'm still an optimist. But that said, it seems like we're turning the corner a little bit and there's been more of a spotlight on cats. And so tell us about your thoughts about that, Dr. Taylor, and then we'll get Megan's voice on this one. But, you know, you've got a study out, but to this study, are you starting to see a little bit more attention paid to cats? Yes. And thank goodness. It's always been confusing to me with a background as a researcher on the human-animal bond, how little exists about cats. They're one of the most common pets. Anyone who shares their life with a cat can talk about how powerful they are. And so I think we're just now starting to kind of We'll, we'll dig through this in the research project, but move past stereotypes and really recognize cats for the meaningful relationships uh, that they bring into our lives. I like that. So how does Cat Person, the company, Megan, play a role in this new study? I'm not going to give the whole title, but basically it, it is a cat-human bond study focusing on therapy cats with, with implications, of course. Wow, that's a big word, implications on all folks that are blessed to have a cat. But what's the role cat person plays? Yeah, so cat person believes really strongly in doing social good initiatives as part of our business. So in addition to product uh, donation programs that we have with local rescue partners, we also set aside 1% of our sales, sales oh, not wow. proceeds, which we're really proud of, to social good work. Uh, and we, we, our North Star there is really programs that help bring cats and people together. We believe cats and people are better together. So that could be adoption programs, programs that help keep cats in homes longer, but also programs that help lower the barrier to adopting a cat. And I, exactly what we were saying, it's wild to me that in this day and age, there's still negative cat lady stereotypes out there. But 73% of our customers report that they still think there are negative stereotypes about being a cat owner in the U.S. We all know how special the cat human bond is. But the reality is, I think the lack of research and storytelling in this area about that bond can prevent people from bringing a cat into their home and their lives. So 
I think this, we thought this was a, a big open area where we could be really like specifically impactful and kind of, you know, bringing yeah. research to light. And you just didn't do this study in two seconds. I know you put a lot of work into it. I don't want to dive into the parameters too deeply, but uh, Dr. Taylor, basically it's it's sort of a spotlight on therapy cats, but with broader impact, right? Yeah. So we did as much as we could with this study. We had surveys and interviews with cat owners and facilities that had therapy cat visits. But we started our questions with, tell me about your relationship with your cat, because we wanted to speak to that foundational bond that all pet owners have, whether or not your cat is a therapy cat. That's good. And in the world of therapy animals, uh, I have a therapy cat. He's my second. My my last one was named Zeke. He's up in heaven now. It's a little unusual, but it's so needed, right? What's the difference? What's your take on therapy dogs versus therapy cats? the numbers, and how can we boost the numbers for therapy cats? There are far more therapy dogs, and we have, you know, just a couple hundred of therapy cats in the Pet Partners Organization and need so many more. There are nuances explored all throughout the study on this, but, you know, cat people want to visit with therapy cats. There are people who have um, fears of dogs, and there's just preferences. Cats have a different size, a different impact. So we we heard loud and clear 100% of the people we talked to for this project said, I cannot keep up with requests for therapy cat visits. We need more people who have a cat that likes to meet new people uh, to consider this and to just open up people's hearts to cats in this way. And, and Megan, what's your take? Um, if somebody asks you, what's what does a cat or a dog do best for you? How would you answer that? Oh, Goodness. I mean, I think I have a personal answer to this that's like less the research oriented answer. <laughs> that's right. Um, my, my relationship counts to me as such a, as such a personal and private relationship versus my relationship to my dogs where they go a little bit more out in the world. It's, it's this like incredible individual bond where I feel like I'm, I'm sharing my life with this creature that has some mystery and things yeah. that are like, you know, you know, a little bit like I get to learn about them, whereas my dogs, I love them, but they feel a little bit more like toddlers. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, your dog is out and about and, you know, Facebook posts and all that. But when people see a Facebook post or something else on social media about a cat, I think it does give them, pardon the pun, pause because it's so unusual. Wouldn't you agree, Dr. Taylor? Yes. And, and, you know, people talk all the time about being surprised at what a cat can do, especially when we look at therapy cats, a cat on a leash walking down the hall. I'm sure you can attest it makes people's dots drop. Um, but I think it's because we've also assumed what cats can't do for so long. We just haven't talked about it. So I adopted many cats throughout this project because I was so inspired and started training them behaviors and thought, how have I missed out as someone in this field? I didn't realize how much cats could do. Hey, everyone. We're speaking with Dr. Taylor Chastain Griffin. She's with Pet Partners and also Megan Knoll. She's with Cat Person. We're going to dive into this cat-human bond study that they just unleashed after we take this break. You all know the drill. We're going to just sit, purr. We'll be right back. You know, people ask all the time, what do you do with the parts of the interviews that you don't have time for on the radio? Well, good question. We post video versions online on our Four-Legged Life YouTube and Rumble channels. So, there you go. 
This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. Pets, they're incredible. And I'll bet you your pet is the most incredible. Yeah? So why not tell us about it? Or better yet, show us. If you have an incredible pet, and we know you do, our email address is flpetpals at gmail.com. Who knows? Maybe your incredible pet will become the next four-legged life sensation. Remember, flpetpals at gmail.com. Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I am digging our guest. They are uh, Dr. Taylor Chastain Griffin with Pet Partners and Megan Knoll of Cat Person. And I have to make a confession, a cat confession. My cat, Casey, is a shelter alum from the San Diego Humane Society. He is a nine-year-old uh, orange tabby who has quite the personality and he has been a certified therapy pet for about eight years. So he and my dog, Kona, a terrier mix, also a certified therapy dog. We go to Brookdale Memory Care Center schools, but we also teach pet first aid. And I am so blessed to have the two of them team up with me. We call them Pet Safety Cat Casey and Pet Safety Dog Kona. But walking into a building on a leash and a harness and sitting and doing paw touches and all that. Casey does it automatically, but I'm wondering, Dr. Taylor, what do you think of, I mean, that's what people are like stunned by, right? A cat that could, and it's his decision. I know he's a cat. He's not a little dog. I, I let make sure Casey, it's his call, right? Yes, that's such a good point because we do only want therapy animals to enjoy their work. They don't simply tolerate it. But I think there's something special that we haven't even uncovered yet. In research, there hasn't been enough there's that shock factor of seeing what a cat can do. Even in some of our testimonies, you know, people would talk about clients with dementia and how they just come to life. Oh, when yeah. they see a cat. And I think it kind of grabs attention in a way, especially for some populations where that's challenged that we need to explore with these less common therapy animal species. So how long was the study take? I'm going to ask, maybe I hope you know the answer to this, Megan. But and, and how long has cat person been involved with this study? We've been involved working with pet partners for a little over a year now, right? Yeah. 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 I'll, Taylor, you're probably better suited to speak to like how long the active study work was yeah, it's done. We've kept the data for a few months. It was kind of a, a real opportunity. It's hard to find our cat handlers and facilities. So, but we did it pretty quickly. And then we found ourselves with thousands of pieces of data point to, to come through. And it was a really exciting project. So, it is on therapy cats with a broader impact with other cats. So I've got this study in front of me and I, I want to kind of, if we could touch on some of, some of the highlights, but you found out that most of these therapy cats have come from a rescue group or a humane society. So they started off life, not, not in a great time. You know, what happened to mama? Where's my family? So what do you think of that implication, Dr. Taylor, to have these cats didn't have a great kittenhood, but look what they're doing now. Look, wait a minute. Look what they're doing me now. <laughs> you know I, was do that. I love it. Yeah, I was honestly surprised to see that. I wasn't sure how that would pan out. But, you know, I love, I worked in the Department of Juvenile Justice before with my animals and the rescue animals having such resilience has been just so meaningful. I think we can all relate to to some struggle in life and to see that these cats 
have learned to trust again, that they want to go out and meet new people. They have confidence. It speaks to number one, how amazing their handlers are and encouraging that sense of thriving. Um, but it's just really motivational too, that no matter where you come from, there's always an opportunity to heal and then even give back. And I was also surprised that there were more neutered boys as therapy cats and that most therapy cats tend to be in the prime time years, you know, five, six years old. Did that surprise you, Megan? I thought they'd be younger or really older. What's your take on the kind of the the bulk of therapy cats tend to be around six and boys? Yeah, I that, well, I don't know about the about the boy girl split, <laughs> but the prime tone didn't really surprise me. I think it speaks to like the trust and bond you need to develop with your cat in order to be a successful team. And it was not surprising to me that the teams that are most successful and enjoying the work the most have had a few years to become an experienced cat owner and to really, you know, understand and read their cats. So there is a long list of benefits that therapy cats do for people. And I'm hoping each one of you can maybe identify three. And who wants to go first? Raise a paw. Oh, I'll go first. All oh, right. Megan's like, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. more obvious ones. Um, All right. Name three. Name three. I think the three that were most impressive to me were that decreased depression, decreased anxiety, and decreased stress. And that was reported both by the clients, but also by the facility staff that their teams were going into. Very good. And how about you, Dr. Taylor? You got three up. Sure. So I'll talk a little bit about the the thing that was surprising was increased interest in cats, increased storytelling and about pets from the past, even for people, for example, with dementia who have a hard time accessing other memories and increased affinity for cats. So people have said, I'm not a cat person at the beginning or big time cat people by the end since they visited with a therapy cat. Which wow. Third, right. It was yeah. a third of the people initially said that they weren't cat people and then got convinced over the course of one visit. I think when I hear I say real men love cats and my brother has a cat and I have good friends like Nathan, the cat lady and Sterling Trap King Davis and people like that. I think they're making it more socially acceptable. Uh, I, I mean, I jokingly say dogs. They put the D in drool, the O in obey, the G in goofy and the S in seconds, please. But cats, cats put the C in candid, the A in attitude. The T in tenacious and my favorite, the S in so what? (laughs) Now, that's not a scientific study, Dr. Taylor, but we need to start treating cats not as small dogs, right? What is something, what's a superpower a cat has? Each one are going to pick. This time, Dr. Taylor goes first. What's a superpower a cat possesses that people need to know? You talked about honesty that came up in the study, and that's what people really like. They are very authentic and intuitive. And I think the clients in this study spoke to that being powerful. You feel chosen when a cat likes you and that's special. We should honor that that's a different kind of trait than most dogs have. Yeah, I think people say, yeah, my dog loves me. My dog loves me. Oh, I think my cat loves me too. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. How about you, Megan? What's your take on the superpower of cats? Well, the intuitive really stands out for me. Some of our team members uh, were interviewed as part of the survey and had some really great stories to tell. One of the members of our team calls the cat nurse Margot because she seems to just know when she's not feeling well. But also when we sent this out as an email to our customers so that they could see the study, we got so many stories back from customers, responses of people telling us about how their cats had been through their side when they were sick or a partner was sick and just seemed to know 
that they needed that extra care, which was really magical. Well, there is a science to the healing power of PERS. It's not just me yapping out it, but there there are hertz, megahertz, whatever. There is some studies been done. Years ago, I was the editor of Catnip through Tufts University for eight years and got to study with people like Dr. Dodman and Alice Moon Finelli and others. So I've been very well schooled on all cats. We just have about a minute and a half left. And I wanted to just ask, there may be some people interested, Dr. Taylor, in having their cat become a therapy cat. And what kind of tips could you offer? So number one, we saw get your cat ready and familiar with travel. That's the hardest piece. You know, you want to make that a rewarding experience for not just going in the car for the vet. And then honor your cat's preferences. You know, there's tips all throughout, you know, the white paper, which you can find at petpartners.org slash cat person. But find what they like to do and do that so that you're not stressing them and, and you're honoring their preferences if you're in, interested in working in this field. And go where? Petpartners.org slash cat person. Okay, cool. And speaking of a cat person, we have from cat person, we have Megan Knoll. What, what's your message, you, I mean, to tell people about therapy cats? And just that we hope that more that this study opens people's eyes who maybe hadn't been considering bringing a cat into their life about lives about how special the cat human bond can be. And then we hope that people who already have a very special cat in their life can consider some of the amazing cat therapy programs and how they can use their cat to kind of spread the word about how important that bond can be. And where can people get their paws on the study? Who wants to jump in and tell us that? Where where can we find the whole study? So at that link, the petpartners.org slash cat person, you can download a whole white paper that will walk you through all of the really interesting findings. It's a really fun read. And check out catperson.com. You're welcome, Megan. <laughs> I really enjoyed having you both on the show, and I thank you both for what you're doing for cats. At this time, I want to give pause up to my special guest on the whole show. We started with Trisha Montgomery of Moose's March, talking about dog cancer prevention. And just now we've had uh, Dr. Taylor Chastain Griffin of Pet Partners and Megan Knoll of Cat Person. Uh, big thanks to all you radio stations coast to coast airing our show. And thanks special to you, Pet Pals, for tuning in. And until next time, this is your host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Pause up. Thanks for listening to this episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Tevra Pet, for a happier and healthier pet. Online at tevrapet.com. And also our good friend Janice at Save My Pet ID Tag. Your pets are never alone when you own Save My Pet ID Tag. Online at SaveMyPetIDTag.com. For more information about the host, to listen to past programs, and watch video versions of our guest interviews, our website is FourLeggedLife.com. And have a pawsome week.